there, and welcome to the third episode of the Consumed Podcast, the podcast where we are both consuming and consumed by video games and other various forms of popular media. My name is Ben Fox, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Katie. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Well, you know. <laughs> Great. Uh, another comprehensive rundown of... <laughs> the week in quarantine. This, this will be looked back by historians at one of the key logs during this lockdown. I should actually, I haven't even laid out the concept. So um, inexplicably, three course meal, three sections, starter, talking about this week, main course, talking about our main topic, and dessert, just some other things we've been playing this week. Um, so yeah, we'll jump straight into the starter. Katie's given us a thorough look into her life this week. I mean, Anything I just, I feel bad because like every time, every day, it seems that we're doing the recording for this. I am looking outside and I don't want to always talk about the weather, but it's so <laughs> horrible. It literally looks like a Christmas postcard outside right now with big old I mean, that, flakes of snow fluttering when around. When you say yeah, Christmas postcard, the first adjective that doesn't that jumps into my mind is not horrible. No. It's lovely, quaint. Okay, well, I don't want lovely and quaint and snowy in May. <laughs> fair, fair play, fair. It's the opposite here, actually, in the UK. It's sweltering for the first time in, well, as long as I can remember, really, it's un- getting uncomfortable. And, you know, for those of you who also live in the UK, you are fully aware <laughs> that we, the our houses are not equipped to deal with um, extreme That's heat in truth. any shape or form. So I might have to invest in a better fan or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we'll see how things go. Yeah, anyway, so what have you been playing, watching, doing this week? Yeah, I mean, outside of the weather, um, we had, yeah, we had a few nice days. So I've been, you know, getting my walks and my exercises in. I had to go to the store today. Um, Tomorrow, if you're in, as a recording right now, tomorrow, if you're in America, is Mother's Day. So I went out and got my mom some, you know, beautiful spring flowers that would not survive in the wild <laughs> at this point outside. So yeah. I guess if you're listening, listening to this, by the time you're listening, you'll be too late to get a Mother's Day card. So hopefully you got <laughs> on it. Well, I mean, you could pop out to the shop just uh, in the evening and quickly get in there right before the day ends. Best than nothing. Uh, for those of you in the UK, obviously, Mother's Day's already been this year, so don't don't worry. One thing I know you've been doing is um, getting on Twitch yeah. for the first time, which I've been enjoying a lot. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I um, was inspired by... I know that you... Yeah, Ben started doing some streaming on Twitch first, and I thought that was mm. really cool. And a good I'm a really way. inspiring person. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I started with this Twitch channel on, well, I think it was just on Wednesday, so I've only done like, you know, three days worth. But mm. it's um, it's been a really nice way to connect with some other, you know, people playing video games. As I've yeah. mentioned in a, you know, every episode so far, I am quarantined with my parents who are great, but I can't really discuss video game news with them so (laughs) having the outlet on twitch to play some games and drop in and watch some other people playing stuff has been really fun um i started my twitch career with a playthrough of 
Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for Game Boy Color, as was discussed last episode. Uh, And I've really, really been enjoying it. It's so fun. And I have, yeah, I've had a few people pop in and be like, oh man, I remember this game from when I was a kid. Like, it's cool to see it again. So. And my opinion remains the same. Having now seen it in person, it's insanely not ahead of its time, but a lot more well comprehensive done, and well done. Better than it really has any right to be. It's a full-on turn-based RPG with a fully explorable Hogwarts on yeah. the Game Boy Color, of all things. Yeah. It's really great. But, um, yeah, your channel's been really, really interesting to watch. It's n- it's nice to be in the presence of... Obviously, I am all the time, but watching a Harry Potter game um, in the, the presence of the someone who has... <laughs> A Harry Potter nerd. An encyclopedic knowledge of everything to do with Harry Potter, yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. How can people... I mean, we'll, we'll say at the end, but how can people get to your Twitch? Yeah, please, uh, if you're interested, look me up. Uh, my channel is Crimsy on Twitch. Two Zs, two Es. Yeah, we'll leave the our links in the description. And you can find it on our website, The Consumed Podcast, um, on Podbean. So. Nice. Cool. Nice plug. I have been, I mean, similarly, I've not been up to a great deal. I've just been working and playing some games, watching some stuff. I've, I have been running again um, after a ludicrous hiatus. I've not done anywhere near as much exercise in this uh, quarantine as I would have liked. So I finally got back to getting outside and doing a bit of running and feel a bit better for it. I've been using the Couch to 5K app, which mm. I used a couple of years ago to get into running it's really really good if any of you are thinking oh i hate running but it's something i've wanted to cross off the list yeah i think it's my it's by the bbc couch to 5k it may only be available in the uk yeah i had trouble downloading the exact same app on my us app store yeah but there's like there's a few alternatives that kind of do the same thing but it's really good. Um, I'm, I'm sure she won't um, mind me referencing her. Well, my mum's been using it recently. And as, as um, I was saying, it, it's just a really approachable way to get into running. It starts very, very simply with sort of intervals of one minute running, one minute walking. And it builds up and builds up and builds up until you're just doing a 25 minute on its own. Um, and it, yeah, it really, really works. It really motivates you. I mean, I, th- I think the reason I slipped out of running was because I stopped using the app and thought, oh, I'll just motivate myself and I'll just go longer and longer. But actually, without that structure of someone saying, all right, you've got a 10-minute run now, get going, and then telling you when to stop, because it, it plays in the background of, you know, if, while you're listening to podcasts like I do, there's a little, um, the voiceover will come in and just say, yeah, start running, stop running. Um, and it really, really helps with motivation with that really clear structure. Um, so yeah, if you if you're thinking about running or you've always dreaded running, but would sort of secretly quite like to give it a go, Couch to Five K, check that out. Um, have you been watching anything or doing any other media that isn't video games, Katie, over the last week? Not not as much. I mean, yeah, we're still following the drag race as was mentioned um i've been watching this is well i i uh have been you know obsessed with the show the crown for a while on netflix uh i don't know you you definitely know much more about the royal family (laughs) than i do as a native british citizen oh it's been it's great so i finished uh watching the third season of the crown finally i don't know why I, i mean yeah the last few months got a little a little busy for us so i finally finished uh 
watching The Crown, and then Netflix knows me, so I was immediately suggested a real-life documentary about the Windsor family, which, sick, you know, probably might not sound as interesting to people, but I think that there's... It was cool to see. I mean, it was like the show, The Crown, but the real-life version yeah. of it, which I like. I, I love a good documentary. Um, so that's been... You know, something that I like. If you've got any good documentary documentaries to suggest, please let me know because I'm always on the lookout. And we've already watched Tiger King, FYI. And we did, yeah, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, the documentary to, to top all documentaries. In but, some ways. Yeah, go on. Well, I did hear that they're now making a real, like a TV show version of <laughs> this Tiger is King. insane. And yeah. the Tiger King himself will be played by none other than Nicolas Cage. That is perfect casting for Joe Exotic. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. I can't believe it. Um, really looking forward to that. I've even, even my father, I think, is, I think I've almost convinced him to give it a go. So, you know, I, mean, I suppose it's falling out of the zeitgeist now. But yeah, if you haven't caught it yet. On paper, I was not interested in Tiger King at all, but it is enrapturing, so check it out. Um, and the last thing, I suppose, before we get onto the main course, I want to quickly mention that I've go I've been going back to um, Community, mm. the TV series, and it's really, really good. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go on at length. I'm sure most people have seen it. It's got um, Donald Glover in it, who went, you know, is since perhaps best known musically um, as Childish Gambino, but um, it, it's just really... It was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, the thing it was known for was its meta sort of commentary on pop culture via the character of Arbed, um, which I suppose gets a little bit tired. In fact, the whole thing sort of peters out. I don't like the final few series. Yeah, I don't of, think of I community. ever. I've really enjoyed it, like the first few seasons, and I struggle to remember if I ever finished watching it fully. Yeah, I I definitely did, but I can't remember much about it, which to me suggests that. It, it wasn't as, as good as early on. Um, and one of the key characters, actually two of the key characters end up leaving. And I just, you know, it's one of the issues I have with some American TV shows, like The Office US as well. They just sometimes force themselves to keep going, even when there's sort of more natural times to end. Um, but the first few series of um, Community are, are really brilliant, hilarious, um, good vibes. Um, yeah, thoroughly recommend. Cool. Well... We'll, uh, we'll leave the starter there. Um, we're going to go on to our main course, which this week is Stardew Valley. So we'll take a quick break. We'll see you on the other side. Goodbye. Okay, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed your three-second break. The main course for today is Stardew Valley, a game I actually know little about despite having played it with Katie um, recently in the multiplayer mode so I'm going to pass over to her to sort of introduce it in the main we weren't a hundred percent sure how we were going to make this game a main course maybe I feel like it's been on the market for for a while I started playing it I'm, I'm pretty sure in college um, but then I then took like a huge break from it so in coming back to it, I think that Ben and I have both found something, I mean, so rewarding and so playable in this game again, still. Um, so yeah, like Ben said, I started playing it, um, you know, on the single player mode when it first came out. And I think that there weren't as many updates as there are today, but there's not 
a whole much more I can say in this introduction, just that it is a phenomenal game. Um, (laughs) It really taps into, I think, like a secret desire, hope that that I, I know I have, and probably a lot of people feel this way sometimes of you're in a job, in an office, in a city, and you see the same things every day and drive the same roads every day. And you just wish that some long lost relative could, um, could come into your life and say, I've got this beautiful farm out in the country and I'm leaving it to you. And you get to pack up and, and move out of the city and into this, um, more chill, more laid back life on the farm. Yeah, definitely. Um, there is something incredibly serene about it, uh, and it's perfect. I suppose similar, um, similarly to Animal Crossing, it's a perfect sort of escapism fantasy, isn't it? Um, so let's sort of drill down specifically what it is. If you could sort of just describe the game in two sentences, how would you describe it? It looks simple on the outside. I think, yeah, yeah, it does have that simple and serene vibe on the outside. But once you get going, holy cow, there's a, it's, there's, you know, there's a fully fleshed out world to explore in Stardew Valley would be my short summary. Definitely. I suppose, would you agree with um, the fact that first and foremost, it is sort of a farming simulator? I think it starts out loosely as a farming simulator in the the game progresses in in seasons so you know the normal four seasons that make up a year so maybe for the first year the first half a year it's a farming simulator yeah (laughs) but then it becomes a fishing mining crafting town running simulator and renovating yeah yeah because they're it's essentially dropping you into this place what is the name of the town do we know I think it's just stardew valley okay um yeah and you're essentially just given free reign aren't you you can go and it's you know you're gonna have to make money if you want to upgrade things and um improve various elements of your farm but really it starts out as like you know you have a, a a single small farmhouse that's like run down and and the farm yeah. itself is totally overrun with grass and trees and rocks and like really ugly to start with yeah but it's different from i've never played one but from what i know about animal crossing even in animal crossing which is a very very open experience you always have that fundamental debt don't you hanging over you from mm-hmm. tom nook and you're always aiming to sort of pay him off. Whereas Stardew Valley does give you some micro objectives and you get lots of little mini missions. Mm-hmm. And there is a sort of ongoing attempt for you to renovate the town hall. So there are all sorts of progress meters dotted around the place. But really, it doesn't force you to do any of them, no. does it? It just gives you... Um, I mean, I suppose Tom Nook doesn't charge you any interest either. But it really does just say, off you go, explore this world, get to know the residents of this town. Yeah, because I think even with... Yeah, with Animal Crossing, when you're paying off your bell debt or whatever, you you kind of are guided towards um, catching bugs and fishing yeah. and selling those. But there's there's 
pretty much no guidance on how on how you want to make your farm and on and where you want to make make the bulk of your income from yeah so i think it, it might be worth then discussing just briefly the sort of the core gameplay loops um so we'll go we'll go into farming first on a typical day if you're farming in stardew valley how do things play out yeah so you wake up and i i don't know what the what the rate we've kind of talked about this ben i don't know what the rate of how the day runs um Mm. in stardew valley that's another big difference between that and animal crossing whereas animal crossing is a real time like if you turn on your game in the daytime it's daytime in your town yeah nighttime it's night in your town but in stardew valley you've got fairly short days to work with and especially at the start when it seems like you've got to clear out your farm and plant crops and water them and take care of all this and meet people in the town it's a lot to fit in in the first few days so on on our farm i'll wake up and i'll water (laughs) all of our crops and then you kind of have to start making decisions about you know, there's so many things that you can plant. I think they've added, you know, every possible fruit and vegetable you could ever have yeah. in real life. You can buy seeds for and um, design your farm how you want. And then you have to wait a certain number of in-game days before anything before anything's ready to harvest. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's, it's strangely compelling the act of uh, he says having not done much watering of the plants in our farm yeah, we'll get but... we'll get to our job division when we <laughs> yeah. come to the multiplayer discussion sure um so th- but the farming uh, the, you know there have been other games like this and it sort of reminds me um conceptually of harvest moon you know they're both mm, yeah sprite based farming simulators in inverted commas um again not played much harvest moon but i I gather that they're sort of quite similar gameplay loops so early on i think you're expected to be clearing out your farm Mm. planting things making money that way um what other distractions or other money making schemes end up coming into play yeah so once you get your first few like your first little you know really small farmland planted then you have to wait those days for the you know plants and things to grow so by that time then things start to open up to you can go down to the beach or the ocean and you can fish you can build the chicken coop and get some chickens you can um just wander around outside and forage for you know whatever you want you can attempt to fight through the mine and look for you know rare minerals and ores and things like that and it's it, it i don't like saying that stardew valley is an intimidating game intimidating game but it can be like you know it's sometimes it feels so open-ended that there's yeah it seems like there's no possible way some sometimes i felt like this when playing single player like there's no way hardly you can hit everything all the because time because it's not yeah and each thing isn't surface level like in animal crossing when you go out fishing it's from what i can gather pretty basic yeah um as a mini game um and how many would you are there loads of different sort of fish you can catch in animal crossing i'd say there's there's still a decent number but the, the fishing like mini game doesn't 
really change at all based on what fish you're trying for. So like you'll see a shadow in the water, you'll throw it in, and then it's still relatively easy to to pull it out, whether it's a, yeah. a clownfish <laughs> or like a hammerhead shark. So Yeah, and the reason I bring it up, and I suppose we'll shift into multiplayer in a, in a bit, um, but fishing has completely consumed my life especially when playing animal crossing i mean uh stardew valley um it is i think a good example to just sort of uh show you how deep all of these sort of subsidiary systems go it isn't just the farming which itself has loads and loads of detail and is very complex in in terms of sort of the different things you can grow the amount of different real life fish you can catch in stardew valley is ridiculous and you have to pay attention to things like uh season placement um you can put once you get an iridium rod you can put different tackle and different bait on your um on your fishing rod and then on top of that there's like a really satisfying mini game where you're sort of um, moving a bar up and down the screen to try and keep the fish inside the bar to catch essentially when we've been playing multiplayer it's all i've been doing I've just been going out and trying to find where all the different fish are because you make a lot of money from selling the good ones. Um, and I've, I've, that's been my entire gameplay experience, as Katie um, would attest, perhaps um, de- in a depressed manner. I've is at home taking care of the yeah. farm. <laughs> I've, not, I've not touched the farm, but <laughs> I think you would also, it would be fair to say I have made a I large proportion, if not most of, of the money, that funds the farm coming in just from fishing and going around and uh, improving my fishing skills because there are lots of different you know there's almost some mini rpg elements where you can upgrade your skills mm. in farming in foraging in fishing in battling the enemies down in the mine mm-hmm. the, the, it seems as you say very simple on the surface but underneath there there's so much depth which i yeah which is part of the reason i think that we wanted to make this a main course especially right right now you know in the current climate of things that we Mm. all know is going on i think that the multiplayer of this game is such a good way to connect with people and to team up with friends uh for some gameplay because it gives it does give you a bit more freedom to like spend like ben said a lot of time in one area of the game that you probably won't get when you're playing it single player I never did. You're trying to juggle. You're trying to juggle everything. Yeah, because it's like trying to yeah. plan out. Like, okay, I know that I have to take care of the farm today. Like, maybe I'll get, I'll f- go fishing one day out of the in-game week, and that's you know not yeah. enough to. It's I like, think you I can't, think you can't us, dig uh, deep into everything. Yeah. You can have a general skill in all the areas, or you know, yeah, one really deep area that you focus yeah. on. Absolutely. Um, so I completely agree in that it gives you that, or us, that freedom to go and do those different jobs. And I have just fished and really, really enjoyed it. As far as um, it being a multiplayer experience, does it differ mechanically at all from the single player? Um, in terms of like what what you get done what each What you can or... do, what, yeah, how, how the game actually plays. Are there any other differences apart from the fact that there is two of us running around? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it definitely, it, it does, it makes it easier to, um, I mean, since you're both working together, I think that, that makes some areas of the game a lot easier 
but this time for me, it almost made like mining a little bit harder because I didn't have to worry about fishing. I spent a ton of my time going into the mines <laughs> and I got way deeper than I ever did, you know, when I was playing just by myself. So, yeah. It's interesting as well, I think, that it's even though you're both playing, you have a communal money pot, don't you? Mm. It sort of it weirdly puts you in a different house. So as the second player, I lived in a little log cabin um, until I realised you could go and just share the same house with um, the main player. But it, it's interesting that even though it separates you there, it doesn't separate you with your in-game money. So it does feel like you're always working towards a communal goal. Yeah, and you're like, and it's funny always supplies too. Yeah. And when I go to the fish, you know, the fishing shop, as I do every day, and start buying <laughs> bait, and I always just hear, "What are you buying?" Because Katie can see on the money on her, going down, the money going down and down. Um, it is it's really interesting. I think it's especially good for a couple yeah. to to play. It'd be interesting to see if that dynamic is different if there are two people wanting to sort of go their own way. But then I suppose if they were wanting to go their own way, they probably wouldn't be playing multiplayer. Yeah, you could still do the single player then. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's an excellent couple of games. Probably, I mean, I think one of the best ones. And I think for us in this particularly unique situation, it's been a, it's been a great idea to explore. Um, also, you know, in the stressful times that these are, it is particularly relaxing with a lovely soundtrack and uh, very quaint pixel art style. It just really soothes you as you play or as you fish, yeah. uh, as I do. It it really helps. <laughs> Again, like ridiculous to say that Stardew Valley is stressful, but it it (laughs) brings the stress factor down to like the perfect level, I think, if you've got another playing player helping you because it can get it's it's a bit of a different feel. Yeah, than Animal Crossing, where you have all day to laze around and do what you want and explore. It it does feel like there's a bit of a time crunch on Stardew Valley sometimes like, oh, am I going to get my crops harvested before winter or whatever and there are nice little uh community-based activities that come up that give you goals to aim for and we haven't even really touched on something that we haven't really done as much with in this playthrough is that you're supposed to be like getting into the community and you can really spend a lot of time like getting to know every single individual person in this town and you learn their likes and their dislikes and like what you should bring them as gifts. And if you befriend them, they'll give you recipes to cook in your farmhouse. And it's like, <laughs> it can be, it, it's a whole other area of the game outside of fishing and mining and farming and whatever is just relationship building. Yeah. And again, a ridiculous level of depth. Yeah. You can get a heart value of about, you know, out of 20 or something for every single one of the citizens in, in Stardew Valley. You would have to devote, um, like, a whole season just to doing that, like, the same as you would with farming. Yeah. You want to get, ta- get, get getting good with everyone. It does take a lot of time. You can even ask people to marry you, can't you? And they'll move in with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it, it really is expansive in its own way. Um, it sometimes gives yeah. me vibes of, maybe on a, like a much expanded version of um, Majora's Mask, the Zelda game, the second oh, yeah. Zelda game for Nintendo 64, because eventually in Majora's Mask, you start to learn, you know, the game kind of goes over the course of a few days 
repeating on a time loop. And as you go through the days multiple times, you start to learn the paths that all the characters take and you know where they'll be at a certain time. So it's, yeah, a bit like that um, in Stardew Valley, but expanded to multiple years and seasons. Like um, Ben and I know that the characters, most of the characters in the village all meet up in the is it the stardew saloon the, the, the saloon the, yeah. the pub in town on a friday night so if you want to you know talk to all the characters you know that they're gonna be there on an in-game friday night so it's fun to yeah because i've be. been des- i've been desperately trying to befriend <laughs> willie the um local fisherman i feel that we're kindred spirits i go to his shop every day speak to him every day i'm probably funding his way of life from the amount i've bought from him uh, I talk to him every day. I give him gifts. My heart rating with him is quite high, but and just it hasn't been taken to the next level, so it's quite upsetting. So yeah, usually I'll get to the saloon, have a quick pint with uh, <laughs> Willie, and by pint I mean just watch his little sprite drink, and then I'll leave, um, and then and then go home and sell all the fish that I've bought for the day. Yeah, so I, I've been I've been really really enjoying it. Regarding the community, mm-hmm. there are lots of li- lovely little village esque. Um, activities that happen on certain mm. days it reminds me of you know I grew up in a little village and we'd have a, a scarecrow competition once a year mm. there are lots of um, events like that so there's uh, like an egg, an egg hunt festival like around you know in game Easter time I think the next time we play um, there's a Halloween event yeah there's like a was that a harvest festival where yeah. we gave all our crops into a competition and and won um, yeah. yeah and won or there's you know there's a big bowl of communal community soup that you put some stuff in yeah. for everyone to uh, there was a lovely jellyfish oh, yeah. lantern ceremony there's it's, there's, so, there's it's a like really small g- town quirky yeah like you said the scarecrow festival or like yeah. in my town in in the winter time there's a an ice fishing festival that happens every yeah. year so yeah it does have that community there's a lovely feeling of community yeah. and you get as you get to know all the characters even on a surface level just the fact that there's no one no one appears that you don't really recognize and you sort of you really end up feeling like you're part of that little group um so that's brilliant as far as progression goes though i think that the main part or the main core of the game is probably the town hall mm, renovation mm-hmm. isn't it i feel like that's the the thing that you're sort of pushed towards doing um which involves sort of uh, it's almost a mystical element yeah. with little alien guys who are trying to help you renovate the town hall and to, and to do that you need to bring them various things that you've harvested and there's one to do with fishing which I've already mostly filled out <laughs> um, but it's essentially or you know it's the what you do in the game is produce goods yeah whether it's from, through mining through fishing through farming and and you're just bringing all of these goods to the town hall and slowly renovating it somehow through the magic of your goods and once you um, once you bring like a certain amount of things or in a certain area then this game that's already like a, a pretty you know decently large map for a sprite based game and then yeah, these little mystical guys help you unlock even more parts of it. So when it, yeah. when it seems like you're already starting to kind of get into the rhythm of knowing where things are, then yeah, some new things start to open up that keeps it keeps it feeling fresh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, or absolutely. Makes things easier. Um, so we're currently working towards 
um, unlocking the desert area, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I I need one more fish before I completely finish the town hall fishing bundle, but it it can't be found in um, Stargy Valley or or our immediate area. It has to be found in the desert. So we're gonna try and get find our way there yeah. at some point. But I was just gonna say I think based on where we are in the game, like we're on, we're just about to start winter of year one, which is the last season uh, of the year. And I think that's relatively not a lot. No. (laughs) Um, Like there are people who have, you know, farms that have been going for year after year after year. I think that the end of the third year is when you kind of, your farm gets evaluated um, but th- I mean, then you can still keep keep playing after that. But the one of the things that I really I I think I'm a bit more type A than Ben is. Is that fair <laughs> to say? Uh, one of the things. Yes, that, I think it is fair to say that I really enjoy is like the intense amount of customization that you can do to design the way that your farm looks. I love planning out. I love planning where things go and where they fit <laughs> and how it's all going to fit together. But even even though we've been playing for a, a year in game, we only have half of our farm finished. The other half is still totally wild. Like we haven't even yeah. touched it. So I really like being able to um being able to design all that and put it all together it's really satisfying to me it's a very tangible sense Mm. of progression isn't it yeah when you turn up like you say and there's just woodland and Mm -hmm. shrubbery everywhere and then now you've got a a beautifully laid out farm with a chicken coop and barns and lots of rows of different products yeah it's it, it is it's really it's really lovely a lovely feeling not that i've contributed anything other than the the raw money no, to it ben from, tries from my to, fishing dollars. Ben's little character tries to race me out of the house when the when the day <laughs> starts and like frantically harvest anything that's grown before I can get there so that he can improve his farming skills. <laughs> yeah, because even I'm still you know I'm still a gamer. I'm still trying to upgrade my character. You've never so touched I'm, a seed. But, but I don't I, I don't plant anything. I just wait until they're fully grown run out and throw them in the to sell box and then i get all the glory uh, so, this is so part farming part marital counseling <laughs> but yeah i think it's a really interesting alternative to animal crossing because i mean that's the the game of the moment mm-hmm. isn't it it's selling insane numbers mm-hmm. animal crossing new horizons yeah. um, but if you haven't got a switch because stardew valley's been on is on everything. We're playing it on Steam, but I'm pretty sure it's on all the PlayStation consoles. And, yeah, I think um, it's on Switch now, too. And Switch. Definitely check it out. I think it scratches a similar itch, from what I know, um, like like we've explored. There are, there are differences, but um, especially for, from a multiplayer perspective, I think it offers something really, really unique in that sense. Although, is Animal Crossing New Horizons multiplayer? I don't even know. I think that it's it's got similar things to, to New Leaf that I'm working on now, where you can, like, visit someone else's island and you can kind of run around with them and maybe if they have fruit that you don't have you can share that yeah but i don't think that there's any like anything like stardew where you're you know building things together interesting for okay for something yeah 
So as a as a cooperative game, I think because we're always on the lookout for sort of good casual cooperative games, aren't we? We're yeah. big, big fans of Overcooked um, and Overcooked Two. Yeah, this has really something. filled that need for us for sure. I think it's just such a different vibe of like almost any other game I can I can think of. I mean, there is some combat element of it but it's very light mm. and very relaxed for the most part um i think that they and i think that, you know they're still putting updates out of like things that you can grow and things that you can do so it's just it's a really good way to yeah to to chill out and like ben said earlier to enjoy really nice graphics really great music um i I very much appreciate yeah. the vibe. Of um, and Valley. speaking of graphics as well, um, it will run on anything. My laptop is a piece of S, but um, it, it runs Stardew Valley fine. Um, so if you're someone who's sort of worried about the specs of, of your machinery, no need. Um, definitely check it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've even got a, a Mac, a MacBook Air, like, you know, the tiny little ones, and it can handle that. It can't handle much, no, much bigger my, than that, my... but yeah, Stardew Valley does fine. Cool. Um, Anything else to add to this, Casey? If you haven't looked at it in a while or have only played single player, I think call up a friend or call up... Even I could picture like playing with a family, like your your mom or your dad who might not know much about video games. I think it could be really fun uh, to get into with other people. Great way to maintain some connections during this disconnected time. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, we'll leave it there. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be straight back with dessert. See you in a bit. And we're back for the final section of the Consumed podcast. It is dessert, and this is the point where we bring one game, one piece of media of our choice that we think people should check out, um, or just something that we've been playing and have an interesting take on. Would you like to start with dessert this week, Ben? I think I went sure. first to last. Okay, yeah. So my dessert is a bit of a joint one. Um, it's Assassin's Creed, primarily Assassin's Creed Unity, which is quite an old game now, but also in conjunction with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I might talk about at length at another time because I really love Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think it's a really overlooked... Now, overlooked is a difficult thing to say because obviously it's sold loads Assassin's Creed is an incredibly popular franchise but I think Odyssey is better than anything the series has done it feels a lot like a, a full-on um, RPG it's, it's wonderful I feel like Assassin's Creed Go on. sorry I, I just to this point I feel like they're starting to get a bit almost like the boy who cried wolf Go on. like they've had a few they've had a few duds yeah it, it's so, like, finding this one that you've really enjoyed, I feel like, is a bit of a bit of a gem. For me, yeah, I mean, I, I, conceptually, I love Assassin's Creed. The idea that, for those who aren't familiar, I'm sure most of you are, it's, um, it's this idea of a conflict that's been going on throughout history between two forces, the Templars and the Assassins. Um, and you're sort of viewing it always, viewing these past events through a, a present day setting is sort of it's a sci-fi machine that allows people in the present to relive memories of the past the the modern day plot is rubbish has been rubbish throughout the entire series but some of the histories that you explore in assassin's creed are, are really 
well fleshed out. And Katie's absolutely right. There have been some duds. I mean, these games are pumped out yearly or every two years. Um, so that we can't realistically expect the quality to be... I'd rather spend a little longer and um, and and release some, some higher quality things like Odyssey more often. But there have been some duds. Assassin's Creed 3, most people dislike. Um, Syndicate, people were mixed on, the one set in London. Um, and of course, this one, which is the one I primarily want to speak about today, um, Assassin's Creed Unity, which is set in the French Revolution. Um, this was a game that came out early in the PS4, or this current generation, from what I can remember. It's When it was sold at E3 and all the various different um, showcases, its raison d'etre was uh, multiplayer in the single player, so you could, you could team up with your friends. And there were some slight adjustments to the parkour and that you could parkour down as well as up. But for all intents and purposes, it was an Assassin's Creed game. You know, the, it, it functioned more or less identically to, to the other ones. And it got a lot of flack because it was very glitchy. There, I mean, if I showed you, Katie, a screenshot of some of these glitches, I think you'd recognise them because they were horrifying. There were people... There were people... If you imagine a person, but then you take away the front part of the face, so you've just got the inside of the head, yeah. the eyes, the nose cavity, and just the teeth... That the these <laughs> these were the sorts of um, glitches that were happening on the regular with this game. That sounds like yeah, a it, it, game. yeah. In some in some areas, it felt like that because of how horrendous this was. Um, it felt like a game that was rushed to be out early in this in this current generation, and there are glitches all over the shop. And actually, as I've been playing it today and yesterday, the glitches are still rife. It's slightly better from what I um, than what I remember, but they're still all over the shop. It's very. It plays. It's quite clunky now compared to Origins and Odyssey, which fixed a lot of the movement problems, fixed a lot of the combat problems. Um, it does feel like it hasn't aged all that well. But apart from that, I have to say I've actually been enjoying it quite a lot. I did. I'd played it back in the day, um, sort of closer to when it came out. I dropped off it. I'd, I'd think I'd played quite a lot of Assassin's Creed games in quick succession and it wasn't offering me anything. The glitches were quite prevalent. I wasn't that in involved in the story, which involves um, sort of a childhood um, brother and sister sort of through adoption growing up in different orders. It's all quite trite and the connections to the uh, revolution at the beginning are very felt quite weak um so i sort of let it go and I, th I thought i'd come back to it i never really did but then i've been streaming obviously on the regular with harry foxfight twitch.tv forward slash foxfight for now um on fridays we're now playing assassin's creed because we wanted a sort of co-op multiplayer game to play and i'd never tried the multiplayer so we dropped into it yesterday and it was very glitchy. We kept dying for no reason. Um, the yeah. uh, the frame rate was through the floor. Um, but the death animation <laughs> is just one of you laying on right. the ground, writhing <laughs> yeah. until the other one. There also was a lot dies. of that. I think we weren't well equipped. We were under leveled. Um, but it, it, you know, it wasn't the smoothest of gameplay experiences. But I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, you know, I've been playing. Okay, so we, we played Final Fantasy XV Comrades, which is a multiplayer version of, of Final Fantasy XV. It's rubbish. And it's primarily rubbish because when you think about Final Fantasy XV, sorry to 
go so off piece it but final fantasy 15 is a very open game it's about you know brotherhood and going round in this car across this huge map and um, discovering things together and then the multiplayer of final fantasy 15 is just a menu and you just take on tiny little area combat um scenarios and it's it's awful and misses the the entire point of um final fantasy 15 whereas this you get let loose in the open world you know 19th century no 18th century france um and you can just go and do whatever you want you know if you want to just run around going off killing people you still can do that but you can join up and work together and then there are all sorts of um cooperative missions specifically designed for two players or more to take on um and you know you can build your character quite uniquely so you've some one of you can be specializing in sort of swords and one-handed weapons others may be heavier weapons or spears all sorts of things so you can take on different roles and actually just the simple idea of here's a big area here's an important target you need to take out work together to to take out all the guards in this perimeter and sneak in and kill the bad guy it's really compelling and it sort of does what it says on the tin um, and I would be lying if I said I didn't have a really good time um, last night playing it, despite all of the um, glitches. So then I woke up this morning and played it for a little bit. And with that fresh perspective and with, you know, realizing how underpowered we both were, I'm now sort of looking to build my character and um, equip him in different ways. It sort of re-energized the game for me. And even the story in this in these fresher eyes is seeming a little bit better. I've just been introduced to napoleon who a great character to be introduced to he's sort of uh, i'm, I'm quite yeah. far in so he's, he's come in the final third i imagine um but he's brilliant and it's, it's really interesting to start interacting with him um in this setting again as with all assassin's creed games it, it's really contrived how these major players always end up interacting with some assassin um like like for example yeah. in odyssey you know you're hanging out with socrates more or less all the time um but um <laughs> None, nevertheless, it's. I think it's an interesting rendition. I like the way they've modelled him. He is still quite short, has that sort of hooked nose. So it's it's growing on me, and uh, I'm enjoying it. it it's. Fu- I can see why massive fans of the franchise and are slightly turned off by elements of this game. Um, but for someone who's sort of written it off and hasn't pl- been playing it for a while and has only just started looking at it from a multiplayer perspective. I've really been enjoying it. And if it's cheap and you want an interesting sort of different co-op game to play and you can find it for under a tenner, I, I think it sort of does what it says on the tin. Um, so, yeah, a sort of cautious recommend in, in some instances. It's not as bad, I don't think, as people say it is. Um, yeah, that's that. Sorry, that was quite long. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a heavy yeah. dessert. But sometimes we <laughs> like a good rich Absolutely. heavy dessert i i think i think that i've i've told you this before that i feel i feel a little intimidated by yeah. the assassin's creed um that whole line of games i played a like a lit a very small amount of maybe the first assassin's yeah. creed game and then have come away from it since then do you think this would be a good Start wait, wait, it's a, a great question. Or better for someone who's more acquainted with the series already. It's it's a good question. Um, I don't think Unity, unless you've got someone to play it with, I'm happy to play it with you if you like. But um, 
Um, Cheers. It's not... No, I, I don't think there's any reason to start with Unity. I think it's for someone who perhaps has a, a decent understanding of the franchise and wants to sort of finish them off, which is what I'm in, the position I'm in. I would say, actually, for starters, the only thing connecting the stories really is this stupid present-day element, which is so underwritten and boring that I actually yeah. think you can start the series at any game you want, depending on the, the um, period or the place that interests you most. For example, the Ezio Collection 2, Brotherhood and Revelations, all set in various parts of Renaissance Italy, are a highlight for a lot of people and are really, really good games. Um, but for me, because I loved it so much, for someone who hasn't been into the series much in recent years... I would just always, I would immediately go to Odyssey because Odyssey especially has next to no connection to anything. That was, in fact, that was one of the critiques it got from stalwart fans was that, you know, it was, the last game was called Origins, which was set in ancient Egypt, which was meant to be the the origins of the Assassin's Order the and, the, and the Templars. Odyssey is set even before Origins. So, it, you know, it, 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 it has sort of, threads that do eventually evolve into some important things but they're very um cursory essentially assassin's creed odyssey the one set in ancient greece is just about a mercenary going around sort of discovering different things um and is well written and has a proper dialogue system i think odyssey is what i would recommend to anyone as a place to start with assassin's creed and and maybe even end it there because i think you know just start with odyssey finish odyssey then just leave the franchise maybe um (laughs) yeah but uh, but unity it's not as bad as as most think it is i don't think wow yeah what about you what's your dessert uh my dessert is much lighter (laughs) i think on the other end of things uh this was i i i seems like my desserts keep keep going retro and this one is the same um about a month ago probably i got this game on sale on steam Uh, i figured yeah it was another you know ten dollars why not it is a bundle of roller coaster tycoon classic so games one and two of roller coaster tycoon that i think i had you know on my original first computer that i ever um, that I ever really owned. Cool. Yeah, so this has been another very light game that I've kind of just been dipping into here and there in the evenings. I think it, it looks like they've made m- pretty minimal updates to the, you know, to the maybe just some cosmetic changes to the game itself, but it plays and runs you know, the same as, as the original. And I've, I've only played through the first couple scenarios. Um, but it's still a really fun game. And I think maybe now now that I was talking about this during Stardew Valley, I think I'm just seeing uh, a repeat of me liking to meticulously hmm. design things down to the last, like, tree yeah. placement. Um, so that's been fun. I, I think that as a kid, I remember just you know, pouring all my money away into designing the biggest, most nausea-inducing roller coaster I possibly could. And and I, you know, the first campaign, I did do that same thing again (laughs) as an adult. Um, But it's kind of, it's been fun to come back to some, you know, the the original Forest Frontiers and Bumbly Beach and all those ones that I remember playing as a kid. It's, it, it was really enjoyable. 
but this time to try and design like a i don't know a real looking park that's really cool so if you're in the mood for some more nostalgia uh i think it's every once in a while on sale on steam and you get you know the two original games bundled up together i feel like that's a really good recommendation i always started out these games and to be honest i don't have that much experience with roller coaster tycoon beyond playing it around friends house and houses and taking off the final part of the roller coaster so that the people just flew off into <laughs> space um yeah, yeah. but the the tycoon game i had as a as a youngster was zoo tycoon um oh i want that i want to see if i can find yeah that which i did really enjoy and i would always start with that same mentality of right this is going to be a properly functioning uh zoo <laughs> well laid out not just random dens everywhere and it would get you know about 20 minutes in where the novelty would wear off i'd have messed something up and i'd just abandon or restart um so i it's the, maybe it's the same thing that makes me rubbish at the farming elements of stardew valley i just don't have the, <laughs> the patience to really invest um but yeah they are great games and uh yeah a good recommendation i think yeah i think i think they still hold up uh today the gameplay wise cool 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 Okay, well, uh, I suppose we'll leave episode three there then. If, if you'd like to get in contact with us, um, like to send us some questions or um, let us know the games you've been playing, anything at all, um, you can email us at theconsumedpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we are at theconsumedpod. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, we are theconsumedpodcast. Um, Katie, where can people find you personally? Yeah, I pretty much uh, like every weekday in the morning when I have time, I've been playing Harry Potter uh, for Game Boy Color on Twitch. So you can find me on my channel, Crimzy, two Z's, two E's. Sweet. And Twitter? Uh, yeah, again, if you have anything yeah. to say to me on Twitter, <laughs> that would be shocking because I never <laughs> use it. But <laughs> you can find me uh at cat cool. um you can find me at ben fox 91 on twitter um similarly i've been um streaming quite regularly we're thinking of changing the name because it's just my my steam handle at the moment but you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash fox fight um we've got a bit of a schedule laid out now that we've decided on assassin's creed so it'll be no man's sky on monday resident evil 6 on wednesdays Assassin's Creed, Unity on Fridays, and finally Resident Evil 7, which I'm bricking it again. Uh, <laughs> on Sunday evenings, Resident Evil 7, the best way to end my weekend being petrified. Um, if you want to see someone be scared of inanimate objects, you could go and look at the stream that we did last week of Resident Evil 7. Terrifying. Um, so that's that. Thank you, Katie, for joining me, and thank you, everybody, for joining us. We hope you have a safe and enjoyable week, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. And happy Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, happy Mother's Day. 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 Yeah, cool. (laughs) Bye. Bye.